So, last night I woke up screaming. What do you mean? <laughs> so I got a text off my housemate saying, are you okay? Right. I replied, what on earth was that? I literally woke myself up screaming, did it in London the other day. She went, yeah, you just screamed, stressed that, just shit my pants, thought there was a fighter. <laughs> but I did. I woke up and I remember going. Now how was the scream? Like, what was the scream like? Oh, like, it was like beastly. Like the Goonies. It was like, honestly, I, I felt like I was the personification of the scream painting. Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> so, what happened so- in London? Right. I'm not spiritual. Were you I'm, in a hotel? I was in a hotel with my mum and uh, my auntie Carol, who's not my auntie, but, you know, she's a close yeah. family friend. So, I think because I wasn't getting much sleep and there was a bit of like movement, a bit of snoring, I thought, you know, that's probably what it is. But I remember stirring in the middle of the night. And when I opened my eyes, there was a woman like with like pale skin, cropped hair, looking down at the bed at me like a horror. <gasps> and I just went, Aah! and then I like, no. covered my head. And then I was just like, what? And my mum was like, are you all right? Are you all right? And I was like, yeah. And then I, I just realised, hang on, I've not seen that. Like, that's not real. So I just then went to sleep. No, 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 no. You saw a ghost. No, I don't believe in them. Nah, but what did you see then? I was probably playing on my mind, half asleep, half awake, sleep nah, paralysis. It could look, be anything. Look, sleep paralysis scares me. I've never had it, but I feel if I had it, I'd just want to die on the spot. <laughs> It'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing I've ever had to something like that was um, back in the day, I had, um, well, I watched Paranormal Activity <sighs> whilst consuming some, you know, and uh, I got home and I was in bed, pitch black. And I swear to God, I thought something was looking at me from the corner of my room. So I threw my Blackberry at it. <laughs> BBM. My Blackberry. Yeah, so like literally my, BBM. Black, my Blackberry bowls. Put your pin in! <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look at me, put my pin in. But no, I, I believe in ghosts. Do you actually? Have you I seen any other ghosts do. apart from that? I've not seen any. I felt like bits and bobs, but I used to work at the Molyneux, which is like the Wolverhampton Wanderers football ground. And that place is haunted. Like, definitely. Like, mm. some of the stories we heard. Definitely believe it. Definitely. <laughs> Let's get them on. <laughs> Let's chat. <them>. Paranormal <laughs> Baltivity. Coming soon. <laughs> I tell you what, we, we've got experience with speaking to the dead with all these murders. <laughs> Traitors <laughs> and faithful. Yo, would you um, would you do most haunted? I uh, oh my god, I loved most haunted as a kid. You're gonna meet my mum at my oh. birthday party, and she was because it's my birthday. <laughs> my birthday it's honestly, oh, go on, go on, just go on. <laughs> I used to the Sky Plus. I used to max out like every <laughs> by doing series link on every most haunted. And do you remember like Living TV would have yeah. like three or four episodes a night? So. By the Look. end of the week, I'd had like 15 episodes of Most Haunted to get through. I love Yvette Fielding. I do as well, but come on, darling. If you're there, just tap the fucking table. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get on with it. Fancy another pod with Bally Singh and Brett Harris. A Galia original podcast. Welcome to Fancy Another Pod, episode seven. 
the final traitors one. This is, is it. This we is made it. it. This is the final curtain call. This but is it. The final of the pod will be back no. next week as normal. Yeah, yeah you've cover- been calling me. Don't go wandering <laughs> off, darling. <laughs> We're doing some more shows. <laughs> We're going to be covering Drag Race UK versus the world. Yes. Uh, before we get into the traitors and everything else, uh, have you watched the first episode of The Apprentice this week? Look. Of course I, um, you have. No, I've, you I, have. Um, I tuned in late to the episode because mm. I was catching up on EastEnders. Yeah. Um. So I watched the last half of it. I, I t- literally tuned in when they put um, the crumble on the fish. <laughs> 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 A bit of fish crumble. Yeah, you can see dreams crumbling. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the thing is I don't like about The Apprentice now? It's fun. It's like really funny to watch and whatever. Mm. But I grew up in the age of The Apprentice when it was... <laughs> Karen, uh, Nick and uh, Margaret. Literally, like, Ruth Badger. Like, Ruth Badger came second and I was bereft. Um, I missed The Apprentice when it was, like, actual business people rather than just personalities. Mm. Um, It's good, it's fun, and I don't begrudge anyone enjoying it. Do you know why I feel like they don't get serious business types going for it? And I I think it's become a caricature of itself because um, the way I think Lord Sugar maybe conducts business now is not how uh, reflective of young contestants mm-hmm. who are entrepreneurs we obviously were in the rise of the digital age we've got a lot more um social media all of that kind well, of thing and i just think we're, you... we're a bit nicer like i wouldn't i couldn't behave like lord sugar behaves on tv here well he's been doing a few interviews this week obviously promoting the new series and he's been going off on people working from home he's been going off on people selling on tiktok it's like shugs darling Welcome to 2024. Doing all of that while he's earning 500 quid for sitting at home speaking about working for Literally. And I'm like, love, I mean, I I love a TikTok shop. I really, really do. And if that's the new age (laughs) of the business world, that's the new age of the business world, darling. The worst thing about him and his working from home thing, it clearly isn't working for him being in the office because the ratings for this series of The Apprentice are the lowest ever. So maybe working at home is for the best. Tell you what, Lord Shog, stay at home. Get Karen in the hot seat. He's just annoying, isn't he? Yeah. He really is. I used to really like Lord Sugar, but I, I don't know why we call him Lord Sugar as well. He ain't my Lord, darling. <laughs> Alan. Alan. That's what I'm going to call you. Right. Um, that, I think that's us covered for The Apprentice this week. Um, but I'm sure we'll follow it as it goes on. Really excited for Drag Race UK. But we need to wrap up all things traitors because yes. the final has been and gone. The end game. My heart was in me gob. My gob you was in what? me arse. It was... Can we just um, talk about the finalists? Because oh. they have... They are still like booked and busy. Booked and blessed. Um, getting getting hold of the finalists this week has been a job in itself. Oh, so we wanted to originally <laughs> drop this on Friday to give you a bit of traitor stuff for the weekend. No, no you're lying there, Brett. We no, wanted it was to drop Wednesday. it on Wednesday. <laughs> it was Wednesday. And then because we couldn't get um, some of them until Wednesday, we said, oh, we'll do it on Friday. And then Molly... What is going on there? You can't She's on a world pin tour. it down. <laughs> she is. It's like Jay McDonald on the show. So we didn't get to speak to her until proper late in the doors on Friday. But um, we've managed. And you were you were getting your hair cut, so I had to ride solo <laughs> with Molly. Well, uh, I'm bold now. Look at that. Look at that skin fade. She like look at that. What's the reason you had your hair cut, Bert? It's my birthday party. Oh, here we go. Well, the first person we caught up with. 
is was Evie, mm. who was our last minute LGBTQ plus queen. I'm a bit obsessed with Evie. I really, really like Evie. I loved having a chat with her. Um, she wooed me. She wooed yeah, me. Her she, smile wooed me. It was like chatting to me sister or something. Like yeah. that, that is the vibe that she exudes. So, I um, really want to go for drinks with Evie. So yeah. Evie, I'm free on Thursday. <laughs> Way up. There we go. Here's our <laughs> chat with Evie. <laughs> Hi. Oh, Evie's so close yet so far. I know, I know. It's so difficult, isn't it? But I'm here. It's all good. We're all friends. <laughs> now, I, listen, uh, we need to ask about your journey in there because it is so stressful when it gets to those round tables. And I feel like you, you were never on anyone's radar right until the end. Why do you think that was? I just, I think I was, I was just playing authentically. You know, I think... Like in real life, I'm probably not the biggest, loudest person in the room. So I think I just went in there and I just, you know, stayed logical, stayed calm, stayed reserved. Um, and yeah, I sort of just played it as myself. And I think people, you know, didn't sniff that out, which is good. But I think there was just lots of other people in there that looked really, really suspicious. And I just never did until the very end. I, I need to talk about looking suspicious because you've got one of those faces where you just seem to always look like you're smiling. Yeah. And in that last few round tables with Jasmine, you looked guilty because you constantly always have this smiling face on you. Did you realise that or did you know that before or have you realised it after watching? I think it's these dimples. They're just here all the time, you know? And I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think, I think as well at that Jasmine round table, I just knew I was winning. So I was like, <laughs> I was smiling. <laughs> I knew Quite it wasn't smug. me that was going. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I just knew it wasn't me that was going. Um, I feel really bad about that, though. I feel really, really guilty. But yeah, I think it's the dimples that 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 ruin it. You know, I think it just looks like I'm always smiling. Unfortunately, we need to talk about the the day before the final. You must have seen the reaction on Twitter when you kind of said that you had a wife. Everyone was like, yes, Evie, her LGBTQ plus queen. What, what was your reaction to our reaction on that news? <laughs> Do you know what? I would I would rather be, you know, gay icon Evie than irrelevant blonde number three. So I wish I'd said something sooner. <laughs> Why did I not say something sooner? I think the thing is about the traitors is that they don't make your sexuality like a tokenistic thing. And that's what I love. You know, it was just brought up in such like an organic conversation. So I didn't really think too much about it until like I was getting tagged and everything. And I was like, oh my God, people love me now. Yay. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Look, we'll see, you at, we'll see you on many pride stages for the next year or two. I'm very sure. Me and Diane. I want me and Diane up there. That's great. <laughs> Dancing to Sophie Ellis Bexter. With a fizzy rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Let's touch more on uh, your relationship with Paul. You're one of those that predicted uh, Paul was uh, a traitor. We had Jazz as well. And it felt like there was a few people connecting the dots. Why do you think it was so hard to to bring Paul's name to the forefront until so far into the experience? Because he was just so protected by the people around him. I think everybody's seen that on the programme. Like, everybody was just, yeah, just in love with him it was nuts I was so when I he think... came into Gadio I thought oh my god <laughs> to be fair I hasn't stopped I... sliding into his DMs <laughs> <laughs> I I actually love Paul I think he's great and I think he totally brought that role to life it was just in the game you know when anybody fake cries around me I'm like no no I can't do that I'm not having you <laughs> fake cry there's no tears I can't do it I think the problem between connecting the dots and bringing you know his name up at the table was that he was so protected and also the people that suspected him didn't talk to each other you know if there's one thing I could do over and over it would be 
go and speak to jazz. Why was I not speaking to jazz? <laughs> and I think you're just suspicious of everybody in there. And jazz, unfortunately, did look suspicious. Bless him. <laughs> what a shame. Poor jazz. Oh, jazz of the Christie. <laughs> oh, Evie, what a bab. Absolutely loved her. Absolutely oh, loved chatting to Evie. She's lovely. Another person that I've really enjoyed chatting to after seeing him kind of fall off the rails a little him? bit. Him? <laughs> Andrew, I'm moving on. <laughs> 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 Look. Oh, I've had enough of this. Oh, God. So we, we managed. I'm moving on from Evie now. I love right. Evie. I'm now moving on to Andrew. We uh, loved Andrew as well. Oh, he was a, so good. The wheels started coming off for Andrew when he knew that it was going to be a him versus Harry situation. Yeah. Uh, I was word. actually quite shocked, right? Because I didn't expect him to do that. Out of nowhere, he just threw a spanner in the wheels. I think. <laughs> Even Harry was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, calm, <laughs> calm down. But he was great. We managed to catch up with him earlier in the week, but he was in the middle of eating his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Bal? Well, yeah, well, he was eating a sandwich, which was very on brand for Andrew because I loved him scranning the toast in the breakfast room. But he was eating a sandwich and a little bit of crumb fell out his mouth and you and me just looked at each other like, did you just see that? <laughs> I wish we had it on record. Oh, no. But he was actually great. We had such a laugh about the word elusive. And you've been encouraging him to do a bit of business. Never mind Lord Sugar. He needs to get on the merch. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> this is our chat with Andrew earlier this week. The first question on my lips, I need to ask you, did you plan that last minute ambush for Harry? Was it kind of always in the back of your mind? Or was it just a spur of the moment thing? We had all day to think about things, really. And obviously, I knew he was going to vote for me. I knew the other two were going to vote for me, to be honest. So I I, I couldn't vote for Molly or Jazz because I knew they were faithful. So I looked stupid voting for them, too. So the only person I could have voted for, I didn't, I wasn't intentionally trying to ruin his, his plans or anything. But because I knew, I knew, I'd had all day to think about it. And I knew my, my time was up, to be honest, because I knew the three of them were going to vote for me. You know, he says about sharing the money, but I knew 100% he wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> going to share that. No, I knew 100% he would have done that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have shared the money. So, and he was in such a strong position. So I, I can only vote for him, really. It was only him to vote for. We need to speak about the breakfast because we've spoken to all the other contestants and how some of them are like putting on a facade and acting and acting at the same time. And some people were saying they were ne <laughs> too nervous to eat. Andrew, you were one of the only people I saw scranning toast, no matter what was going on. <laughs> Claudia walks in dramatically. You're there just shoving toast in your face. I loved it. Man after my own heart. I honestly think production must have superimposed that on my face because I wasn't eating that much. I'm sure I wasn't eating that much. I think they've done something with this sci-fi or something. They've done something with the special effects to make it look like I was eating. So, I was the only person who had breakfast. It was cold. It was dry. But I enjoyed it. It was nice. Well, we've been asking everyone what their go-to item at breakfast was. What was yours? Oh, I must have had to think about two two tons of brie in about in a week. <laughs> I love brie, just brie. It's all that brie. It's all just tons of cheese. I was dreaming terrible in the evenings. <laughs> uh, do you know what's <laughs> funny? That actually, at the start of the series, people were giving these breakfast rave reviews, and it seems that towards the end of the series, it gets drier, <laughs> drier. Uh, are we worried that some things might have gone out of date? I think it's the same food for the whole four weeks, and they just keep on top. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so nah, I know the food is good in all fairness, as you can tell by the I was the only person I think to put weight on. I mean four weeks in the castle. I was the only person to put weight on. I was heavier <laughs> going went. <laughs> we need to uh, we need to talk about your relationship with the the rest of the cast. I mean, ev- everyone looks like they're still all friends, having a good time. Any any regrets, any kind of bad blood between you and Harry or anyone? I got no I got no bad blood between any 21 cast members. They were amazing people, amazing human beings who were all unique individual stories. It was quite humbling listening to their stories, actually. And every single like the group chat, we got a group chat, it's constantly going. We all met each other last week in the final, in the Friday. We all got on really well and there's no animosity between anybody at all, you know. You know, Molly and Harry, everybody's making it out. They're, they're really good friends. And it's a, at the end of the day, we all knew what we signed up to. And yeah, it's a game. And I, I'm a sportsman at heart. And when you lose in rugby match, for example, you lose to the better team, you just accept it. And it's the same. I lost to a better player. He played a great game. So I got no hard feelings. You know, he, I would have done the same to him. So I got no animosity or hard feelings towards any of them. Let's talk about the competitiveness of traitors. Obviously, the tasks and the missions are a huge part of the experience. Did you find that you were having to act throughout the missions to come across as a faithful, as well as at the other parts of the, the process, like the roundtable or the breakfast? The missions, no, like I said, I'm, I'm competitive. I was a team player. That's the only moment, I suppose, we get, really get a chance to work together as a team and you know and you, you forget about all the psychological stuff going on you forget about trying to find the traitors for that that couple of hours when you're filming it's just you, you, you all get on you, and you just it's a team game you want to win the money so yeah and I'm a competitor at heart and I'm, I've always played team sport all my life and I want to be a, I want to win every competition so yeah so I wanted to I done well if I enjoyed the missions that was one of the my favorite things about the, about the show actually was the missions um yeah and obviously you got to try and be a faithful when you are a traitor you try and I, I acted very badly so I don't think I'll be winning any Oscars soon but I think <laughs> yeah so you do have to act Look, that, uh, that elusive moment—that's Oscar-worthy to me. You—you you acted a—you acted a good game there. I—I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't. I—I I couldn't. I didn't want to basically lead on to Harry that he would have influenced people around the table and probably banish me. So I didn't want to let on to Harry that I'd said that comment, even though I did say I know I said that comment. But yeah, <laughs> I think there's—I uh, think there's some merchandise in the pipeline there for you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In wild, every size. It was always Welsh thing. I don't know. But I said wild quite a lot on there. So wild or elusive. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> name of your autobiography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, every, when they come up to me now, they come up to me and speak to me. They say, "Oh, you've been elusive." I was in Asda's the other day, and so they come up to me and say, oh, "You've been elusive in Asda's." <laughs> yeah, so I can't go anywhere without being said to me. I mean, you could probably get arrested for being elusive in Asda's. I probably wouldn't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love Andrew, the elusive Andrew, the wild and elusive Andrew. Love him, absolutely love him, Andrew. I love that his first port of call after Traitors was going to Asda's and he's like, (laughs) there's swathes of people coming up to me saying elusive. You know what, he's been on the like different news channels as well. He's Mm -hmm. like really just loving it and trying to get his message across about like, you know, mental health and stuff like that, which is beautiful to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, And obviously we had to talk to Jazz the Christie. Oh, I really yeah. thought, I honestly thought he was going to do it. I really thought, right, this is it. It's going to end beautifully. He's going to like figure out what Harry's been up to, convince Molly, but alas, it didn't happen. So and near. Yeah, so we spoke far. to Jazz about everything from the traitors, but also the importance of representation because he had such a story to tell. And being from the South Asian Punjabi community, it was really nice chatting to him about how he felt on the reaction of being on the show. Here's our chat with Jazz. Jazz, what a tense finale. How was that? I'll tell you what, it was... How can I put it? I can't even put it into words because it was just so intense. Like mm. That's the 
the issue, I mean, when that was all happening, I just thought, we've won. We've actually won this. <laughs> and don't tell me otherwise, because we have genuinely took down the strongest player right now. Andrew's just opened up the door. <laughs> he's he's just, he's told us that he's a, Harry's a traitor. And he's a traitor. So, you know, it can't be more any more blatant, especially with how much heat that I had on Harry anyway with the conversation I had with Paul. So yeah, yeah. I was thinking, Well, it yeah. was, it, like I was going to say, it was tense for us watching it. I don't even imagine what it was like for you in there. We've got to talk about the Harry moment because from like episode four or five, we, as viewers, we were all hoping and praying that you're going to take him down. What was going through your mind at that moment when you kind of mentioned to Harry out of nowhere, out of the blue, you kind of stumbled his plan? What was going through your mind before that? Oh, it, it took, I'll be honest, a lot of courage for me to, to come out with it at the right time because I was trying to think, when is that going to be the right time for me to actually execute that question and execute the plan? And the thing is, with with him being so protected by a team of contestants, and they're all oblivious to how he how he's demonstrated no mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's controlling the game, which I was clocking and I saw it. <laughs> and I thought, if I come for him or I provide any sort of type of opinions to suggest that he's a traitor, they're all gonna come for me. So I thought, I'm gonna come for him when there's least people there so that there is no protection, and the only protection he had was was Molly. But I was very tactful in asking the question because I wanted to be part of the Molly and Harry show, mm-hmm. and it was very much it was their sort of relationship that seemed to be so strong. And the fact that they included me in that, I thought I need to jump on that lily pad in order to get far into this process as possible, and. To do that, I need to side with them. So their whole sort of suspicions on Andrew and suspicions on we have to just, the legacy that Zach left behind with Jasmine and we have to go with Evie. I thought Evie's going to be out. Then it's going to be Andrew. We're getting chopping these people off like by elimination. Now I'm going to go for Harry because it's just him left. With Molly, nothing to lose. So yeah, it was the right time to ask that question. And I asked it in a way where I said, you didn't ask, you didn't really tell Paul, did you? I know he's told Paul, mm-hmm. but I've said it in a, I've obviously used a certain question to see if he lies to me, he is 100% a traitor. <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. And he was, you have to remember there were other people in the, you know, the conversation and was people, other people there. And I was like, I've got you. That was that solidified it, and I thought, yes. I've that got, moment, it was like it. it was like a boxing match. It's like <laughs> you got him nearly on knockout, and he was stumbling yeah. on his feet. Everyone in our house was like on the edge of the seat, like, oh my god, he's done it, he's done it. And then we see Molly right in Harry, oh. and then she turns it around and says, "What were your initial thoughts as soon as that slate got turned over? What did you really want to say to Molly at that point?" <laughs> 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 oh my god what a question I better not uh, answer I'll that turn one. on the bleep machine <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was so tough mm. so tough to accept um, and I'll be brutally honest to say that I can't sit here and say that it didn't hurt we all know it hurt <laughs> and I thought wow because I was so convinced and so believed in the fact that we won this and I've manifested the idea mm. of winning because I wanted to be a traitor, was a faithful, and I grafted. I worked so hard to be super hyper vigilant, listening to all the conversations. Playing the long game. Playing the marathon. 
rather than a sprint mm. and just keeping the dynamics right, right with all the relationships in in the in in the castle and i thought it's paying off because the universe is saying yep you've demonstrated the right behaviors we're now going to repay you back with the with the mm-hmm. prize and it was out of principle that i wanted to win it wasn't more for the money it was out of the principle but the fact that she turned it around and said it was harry uh said it was myself sorry it was again i wanted to walk out with my head held high mm-hmm. that i played the game exactly how i wanted to i went with my gut and i got so far so even though I wasn't a traitor run for the beginning. I mm-hmm. adapted to become and believe in myself being a faithful. It was the same at that point. I had to have that stern conversation with myself saying, Jazz, look at where you've got to. Mm-hmm. Be proud of yourself. And have you made your family happy? Have you made have you made your friends happy? Do will they get a sense of pride watching this back? Considering how far I've got, I was hoping they would be. Well, I think as a cast, you've made the whole country happy throughout January. <laughs> you've given us all something to be watching and grit to. Well, yeah, like everyone, everyone that was rooting for the Faithfuls were all rooting for you, Jazz. Everyone was hoping oh, that you'd catch Harry yeah. out and that you'd win. But unfortunately, that wasn't to happen. Now, we need to talk about Harry because obviously he won. He took the money. He traded through. Are you friends with him? Is it all good? Is there love? <laughs> What's going on? A hundred percent. I mean, it's it. The thing is, we've gone through an experience together and if we treat it as though we're a family and we've got each other's backs, it's a, it's almost a sense of community and a sense of belonging. So the fact that he may have done that, it's impossible really to be saying, let, let me take that personally. And, you know, it, we're, we're playing a game. We know what we've been, we, we were signing up to. Yes, obviously it's a bit of pill to swallow, but this, at, the, at the end of the day, What's great is that I've been recognised as playing such a great game, and that speaks volumes for me. Um, the fact that Harry was there in the MIV room, sort of saying that he really underestimated how much of a dangerous faithful I was, was brilliant. It doesn't stroke an ego because I don't believe I've got an ego, but it was so nice to hear that I was valued by such an exceptional. We need player. to talk about the reactions as well. Like there's memes, there's uh, there's so <laughs> many jokes going around, but also. As a Punjabi person going on to such a big show, what's the reaction been like from our community and like just people coming up to you? How, how have you felt with the the reaction? Oh, the the response has been unbelievable. Um, it's just it's been very overwhelming, if I'm honest. Um, I'm a very deep, cheesy kind of a guy, and it's uh, sometimes when I read these messages that I'm getting through DMs or you know private messages that come through, it really does hit me. Because not only just have I am I representing sort of the Punjabi community and my obviously coming from a Sikh heritage, it's um, I'm resonating with various different audiences out there, whether it's my age, whether it's my ethnicity, or whether it's my traumatic experience that I've been through. Uh, that was a massive moment for me because when I did, when I did get the opportunity to share that, it was the the day that that was aired that evening. And the the day after, and the time up until now, I have been receiving constant messages from, no exaggeration, hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of people that have been through very similar experiences. Whether it's their father that has had a second family, or whether it's their mother that has had a second family, which they had no idea about, and they're going through it now, or that they knew about it and their mother or father's passed away, and. The, the emotions that they're going through now. So it was amazing to feel that they felt comfortable enough to confide in me 
provide me with their own personal story um, because mine resonated with them to, to, to suggest we're not alone. You know, we, we are actually going through this as well and you can get through it because it's so embarrassing. It, you, you feel as though you're carrying so much weight and you feel so embarrassed that you don't want to tell your friends, you don't want to tell your partner, you don't want to tell mm. anyone because it's so soul crushing. But I think what was um, what was really refreshing was, as you know, like being from our community, no one really speaks about things like go on in a family. It's all behind closed doors. So I think what it was for our community seeing that someone on such a massive TV show with your background, um, it was just really refreshing. So just wanted to extend like massive well done and. You will help a lot of people kind of speak up, so I just wanted to say thank you for that. No, really appreciate that, Bali. Uh, the other thing is that a friend of mine, uh, we went for a coffee afterwards, and he said, "You know what? Who, who you've, what you've done, and who it's resonated with. There might be one type of group of people that are actually, they have a family, they have a partner, and they're actually involved in a potential affair." And you've just made them think, is it what I want to do? And if it's just helped one person out there, or if it's just helped influence somebody to to think, maybe I don't want to go down that road, that is massive. That is massive for me because I don't want anyone to be going through what I went through. Love Jazz. So kind. So nice. They're all well, so he, nice um, this year. Well, Jazz and Paul were the only ones that managed to come to the Gadia Studios and you actually met Jazz face to face. What was he like? Oh, he smelled great. He looked great. I can great. imagine. I can imagine he's smart. I need to like, stop he's really thirsting. well groomed. I need to stop thirsting for these people off traitors. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to come in next year because they're going to be like, oh, <laughs> stay away from him. Oh, God. No, he, he was really, he was up for a laugh. He played mm. that game with you as well about Jazz the Christie or Agatha Christie. Yeah. And he was, go- it, do you know what? He sat there. He was like, was this me that said it? And he was like, oh, was it Agatha? But he got most of them right. He, he, he can suss out, he can smell out the lies. Fair play to him. I needed him when I was breaking up with my ex, but I'll, I'll say no more. <laughs> he, he was another one that's been booked and busy all week. Oh, yeah. Everywhere I look, he's on here, he's on there. <laughs> Deserved, though. Deserved. I know. I'll tell you who else is booked and busy. Molly. This Honestly, right. A, a stri- <laughs> Go, t- look, tell us. All week, we've been trying to like chase down all of them, and it was just impossible getting Molly. Like last, Literally last minute on Friday... Because we wanted the full set, didn't we? We didn't mm. want to talk to just three or four of them. We were like, if we're having five finalists, we want the five finalists. Yeah. Molly, she was on Loose Swimming on Friday with Harry. We tried to get her in at 12. Didn't happen. Tried to get her in at three. Didn't happen. Then we had a 10-minute window before she had to fly off somewhere else. <laughs> and you were getting your air cut. And I was like, look, this is the only chance we're going to have. Otherwise, we're going to have to release the pod next week. And who's going to care about the traitors next week? <laughs> no, I won't, because I'll be watching The Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> but managed to get Molly. She was lovely. We spoke all about her journey through the traitors. And you know what? She never got voted once around the round table. So I wanted to see how she felt about that. Here's my chat with Molly. So close. Yet so far. Darling Molly, how are you doing, Val? Hi. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Um, it's been a really crazy couple of days. I can um, imagine. Yeah, it's been mad. I can't believe how like much has taken off because I knew it was going to do well, but like this well has been, yeah. been crazy. Well, you you came second. You were faithful to the very, very end. How did it feel in that last moment? I know we could see it on your face the more yeah, that Harry think... said. I think you could see it all, to be honest. I mean, it's never nice to be betrayed. Um, but I do know it was a game. And I think that 
it was always, you know, when you go into something like that, you know that there's a chance that that could happen to you. Um, unfortunately, it just happened to be right at the end with Harry. And, and yeah, I did really trust him. So it was, I just couldn't believe it, especially because I had my his name on my board. It was, yeah, oh, yeah it was rough. Well, we need to speak about that board, Molly, because as viewers, we were gasping at the edge of our seats because obviously uh... you read his name and then you rubbed it off and... What was going through your mind? Did you actually think Harry could be a traitor? And then you thought, definitely not. What was actually going through your mind? It's such a hard one to explain. I mean, it was such an intense environment and you can't like express to anyone how actually overwhelmed you feel in that room. And like the pressure is so strong. And, and obviously I didn't want to vote again. So it was horrible for me because I felt like I was choosing between two people. And and obviously the only thing that had ever been said to me about Harry was that moment when Andrew voted for him. Yeah. Like I'd never been in any other conversations when Harry had been brought up. And I think it's quite clear I trusted Harry 100%. So yeah. from what Andrew said, I knew that there was, I needed to look at that. And that's obviously what I did. But to go against your friend in there who you've trusted the whole way through just because of one vote at the very last second. Yeah. It just didn't feel right. And I just, I just couldn't do it. But yeah. Well, you might have lost the, the money. You might have lost the game at the very end. But I think one thing you can take away was no one ever voted for you around that round table. No one like ever had you on their radar. That must feel quite nice. Yeah. It was actually so interesting watching it back because I thought like, oh, this is it. Like, I'm going to be hearing people speak about me and stuff like that. Because I knew I never got a vote, obviously, but you don't know what's been going on behind your back. Um, and I don't think my name was ever in anyone's mouth. Like, I guess people just maybe thought I couldn't do it, which they're right. I couldn't have. But it's kind of nice that everyone trusted me in there. Yeah. And we need to speak about the kind of social media thing with loads of comments being made about you and Harry. I've seen on your social media yourself very good friends with Harry and very good friends with Harry's girlfriend and you're yes. all kind of besties, all four of you. What is yes. your reaction to some of the commentary that you've seen? Are you just playing it off as like just silly banter or what are your thoughts? Yeah, on I just think that it's crazy to me that a boy and girl can't be friends. Mm -hmm. And I think me and Harry have said in quite a few of our interviews, like we really bonded over our partners. Like, I couldn't wait to meet Anna. I yeah. was so excited and, and we've finally been able to do that now. And I'm hoping that that's kind of put the rumours to bed and like people just realise a boy and a girl can be friends. We were the same age. We had a lot in common. We really both missed our partners, which we spoke about a lot, which also yeah. brought us closer. And and yeah, I think that if it was someone else stood up there and I'd believed they were a traitor, the comments wouldn't probably be the same. So mm -hmm. um, it is interesting how people take it, I guess. Definitely. And we need to speak about the, the reasons why you went into the traitors was um, for disability inclusion and showcase now do you feel you've done that and do you think that the show kind of showcased you pointing that out there I do feel like it's been a massive step especially for me I mean I've always tried to spread awareness but this has given me a platform to another level you know so yeah that was so important to me going in and I just think seeing someone on your screen with a disability and that you can relate to is so important especially when it comes to like stoma bags and stuff like that because mm -hmm. often they are hidden and they're not spoken about so um yeah I definitely wanted to be open about it I always have been anyway so it was kind of natural for me to like open up about my disabilities and stuff um when I say I always have been but definitely recently I in the last couple of years, I've learned to be open about it. And um, yeah, I think that 
came out on the show and and I think it's helped a lot of people which is amazing what's going on there then are you going to go on holiday take him up on the offer um no I mean I've said this before Harry doesn't owe me anything Harry won the money fair and square it was a little joke between us (laughs) um whatever he chooses to spend the money on is up to him so um yeah uh let's just squish that rumor now I think (laughs) Molly you're a great faithful you're a great contestant thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me Oh, lovely little Molly. Bless her. She's so young. I think people always forget how um, young actually Harry and Molly were. They're only 22. Babies. To be that young again. Honestly. I can't relate because it's my 30th birthday (laughs) party. Look, it's 20 years ago for me. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot you were 62. Um, Speaking of uh, Harry, he was so lovely to speak to and he loves the memes and loves you in particular look what can i say i'm a meme making maestro <laughs> you are you are I'm, tr- I'm trying i'm still waiting on my two pound 75 actually you're the picasso of the internet <laughs> <laughs> now he was lovely we spoke about his journey through the traitors and obviously he was a traitor from day one but also we needed to talk about that money because he got it in his account on the way to this morning and i just think that's so <laughs> random iconic. what would you really do iconic. right you're you're like driving somewhere and you get 90k dropped in your bank what is you well you tap your driver on the shoulder assuming that for some reason we're all getting chauffeur driven around uh what do you tell you where's the first place you tell your driver to go i think you know where i'm going darling 20 nuggets do you know what? The worst thing is, I would say the same. And I, do you know what? I would actually pay for the McDonald's factory to reproduce the chicken legend. What is it about this chicken legend that, like, you lot all love? What do you mean, you lot? You bloody young'uns. Everyone loves the chicken legend. And I'm like, grow up. It's just the bloody chicken select in a bun. Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 What, I, that, what that silence was was watching our McDonald's sponsorship deal just fly out the window. Look, McDonald's, I love you, darlings, but come on. <laughs> right, come let's, on. let's play our chat with Harry. <laughs> Harry's got enough money to sponsor us, yeah, Harry. Yeah, come go on, on Harry. <laughs> he not only stole the money, but stole the show. You were like the icon of Traitors Series 2. Harry, how do you feel? <sighs> My feet haven't touched the ground yet. Um... And I'm still just like floating in this sort of bubble, which is just amazing. It feels so good like to just know that everyone loved the show just as much as we did. The whole cast of series two um, couldn't have asked for it. It's gone any better, really. Harry, and the rest of the cast replying to your text messages, have they forgiven you yet? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, luckily, they actually actually believe me, I think, now, even though sometimes they go, oh, I don't know if I trust you, to be honest. Um, But they're just messing about and they sort of have been so supportive since... uh, we all left. It's just been amazing. I'm not being funny, but they're not gonna they're not gonna hate you if you've got ninety grand in the bank. They're all gonna be screwing you up. <laughs> we need to talk about the ninety grand because I watched an interview with you on this morning, and you were on the way there. And ping pong, you had the money in your account on the <laughs> yeah. way there. How did that feel? Hey, <laughs> you tell me. I was like, I was thinking that it would be like you know, like be like proper serious, like proper adults and stuff, like have to go to meetings and work out and sign this and sign that before they like let me have it. It was just like a bank transfer. You know, like the days where you wish someone just accidentally transferred you that much money and put too many zeros. <laughs> it was as if that had happened. My dad had pinged my, like 
my phone and I sort of I sort of aired it because I didn't know what he was going on about and he just put nice digits made with, with like like a photo of it and I just sort of aired it and he's like look at your bank account and I looked at it and I just sort of just stopped like the whole world just stopped like, <laughs> drive it take me to McDonald's honestly no, I said to, I said to Susan let's just run away together and move to like Thailand <laughs> live on the beach for the rest of our lives and just drink cocktails we don't need anything else well, I really, want, I really want to talk to you about your game plan as well, because it felt that Paul had earned the trust of everyone on Traitors this year. And we met him a couple of weeks ago and we couldn't believe how charming he was. I, th- I was like, he's definitely a faithful yeah. as soon as I met him. Um, <laughs> did you find that that could have been, uh, how soon was it when you realised that Paul could have been a potential problem for you uh, where you were being traitory? Well, it's really weird watching it back because it seemed like he actually never really wanted to go for me. And I don't know whether he's telling a, another lie when he says he, he wouldn't have gone for me and he wanted to be in the <laughs> final. Because when I was there, I obviously felt like this guy's going to come for me. Do you know what I mean? Like when he has his chance and his opportunity, he's going to come for me because it's going to be like the battle of the Giants or like the battle of the Titans, whatever they call. And then the Titan beats the Giant because obviously Paul's about 10 foot tall. <laughs> so I, was like, I, I sort of knew, I sort of always felt like his eyes were looking in the back of my head. He was just waiting for me to make a mistake and then he had pounced. So it was always like, I need to get my foot in the door first and sort of put him under before he takes me under. And then watching it back, it's like, he just wanted to be in the final with me. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't realise that. I didn't know he actually... I think that's a lie, though. I reckon he would have got cut me off if um, the chance arose. What, what was what the funny thing about this series was it was all traitor on traitor violence. Every yeah. traitor that every traitor that left, it was because you all stabbed each other in the back. I think <laughs> Zach Zach was the only one to get Ross out, and Ross wasn't really a traitor to be real. Yeah, I know. Um, how did that feel like being in the experience? Were you like you idiots? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think like watching it back was like I voted for Ash, then I voted for Miles, and I voted for Paul, then I voted for. Ross and I voted for Andrews. Do I have like every single traitor in the back? But that was sort of my game plan. Like watching it back was like, as long as there was a traitor to go before me, then I know I'm all right and I know I'm surviving one more night. Um, so it was very much like as soon as any heat came on any of them, I'm not supporting them. So I'll sort of sit back and you you deal with it sort of thing. Or if there was like sometimes through the game, it's like when it was me, Miles and Paul. We were eight one out. Let that sink in, as Anthony would say. Um, we were sort of, we were sort of bossing it and stuff. And I think the the poison chalice messed us up. But at the same time, me and Paul again, like Bluetooth connected, um, telepathically, were like, we need to give them a traitor because obviously everyone gets like hung, hungry, you know, and you need to feed like the chuck the bone to like the the dogs or whatever. And it was sort of like, if they don't find one now, then this is where people start bringing mad theories in and then they start believing anything. So they said, oh, Harry smiled at me this morning or Harry brushed his teeth this morning. He must be a traitor. So (laughs) it's like a game of constant sort of game plan and sort of moves that like have consequences no matter what you do or say. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about the heat that you felt towards the end game because I think it was quite smooth sailing for you as a traitor. You didn't feel the heat that much until Andrew at the end. And I think it became so apparent that both of you were concerned that one might throw the other under the bus. And we saw you both forming kind of, you, you obviously had your allegiance with Molly. Uh, what was your initial reaction um, when Andrew kind of put a little bit of a spanner in the works towards the end game? Yeah, I was, I was so shocked. I mean, that's the game of the traitors, isn't it? <laughs> so it proper it proper was the traitors. I mean, what great TV because I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I think during the last couple of days, I'd sort of 
made Andrew feel like what I did. I felt personally like I basically told him, look, I'm going to get rid of you because I've been there from the start um, as an OG traitor who's lost sleepless nights that it's been hard, like hard graft, and I've come here to win it. So I'm going to give it my all and sort of try and take it all. Um, and then all he would say to me, yeah, mate, like, it's fine, hat, you know, like, in his Welsh accent, so funny. And he would just be like, all I care about is um, get to the final, and that's it. So when I thought, ah, oh, like, I sort of, I don't know why I did, but I trusted him as in, like, he would just sort of let me sail through nice and nice and calmly. But then, obviously, he tried throwing every cannon and rock at my ship and sort of tried taking me down with him. And again, I think I just did well to sort of keep my cool and be like, well, that was random um, <laughs> instead of overreacting and stuff. And I don't know how I did that. Because even when I was watching it back, I was on the edge of my seat thinking, mate, you're you're, you're done for. I don't know how you get out of it. <laughs> well, like, let's which... talk Let's talk about breakfast time now, because that's also a very stressful moment at the traitors when uh, people try and work out who's been murdered. A lot of the yeah. faithful have said that they felt that they had to act up <laughs> because they wanted to prove that they were innocent. How did you find breakfast time uh, when everyone's darting eyes around the room? Breakfast time was awkward because it's such an easy time of the day for people's suspicions to like arise, if that makes sense. So mm. like, as soon as you walk in, someone can just, all it takes is someone to think, why is he still here? Or like this. And then people just lock onto that, like, and then just start gunning for you. Um, so every time I was, breakfast came around, I was always nervous because I didn't want to walk in and everyone think, why is this guy still here? Do you know what I mean? So then I was like, oh, I'm worried. But then as soon as I got in there, it was always about someone else. So like, I always felt like I sort of had a cover over myself and I was always good to hide under a blanket with just like my eyes out, if you know what I mean. And no one was sort of seeing me under the radar. Um, but I love breakfast. I mean, the acting as well, it took to sort of, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I made breakfast. <laughs> like me and Paul used to look at each other and be like, I can't believe we made it. And then wink at each other. And it was like <laughs> the funniest sort of thing we had, like that connection. But yeah, it just felt like that. It was just, it was just a mad time. We need to also look at social media because I think that's probably one of the best bits about the show. The memes, there's plenty of memes. You and Paul, I think, got <laughs> the heat of the memes the most. Yeah, what have been some of your favourites and what are, what are your thoughts on the social media kind of reaction to you? Yeah, so so many, like, was making me laugh. Um, I can't even tell you. And the funniest thing is that me and Paul always send them to each other. So, like, it makes us giggle. But, like, even from starting, one of my best mates said, oh, I've seen this tweet. It made me laugh so much because some girl had tweeted, oh, can't believe Harry's saying he's playing like it's annoying me so much that Harry's playing a stupid game. We clearly all know he's just stupid. And that's just like, what are you on about? And then at the same time, my dad said um about like he he was reading it because obviously my dad knew what had happened and stuff um about like how it ended. So he obviously knew I'd won the, the money. And um there was someone who tweeted, "Oh, Harry seemed to be doing this on private jets, this and that." He doesn't need the money. Give it to someone who deserves it. And my dad said he just sat there giggling to himself, thinking he ain't got a pot to piss in because I can see it on my phone. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a tenner for his haircut next week. <laughs> so like, but he he found that really funny. And then at the same time, I mean, I saw one with a snake and the gold cross earring. That was me. No way. That was Mate, me. That was my family. They said they're gonna get it like framed in a thing and sort of hopefully when one day who knows when I have my own man cave, I'm gonna stick that on the wall because. Well, Harry, we'll send you a signed version. We'll get it signed. Gold frame. Do it. 
<laughs> also, if you do, have the one with me and Paul where he's bowing in my earring. That is a good one. Serving in a gold cross earring. Oh my god! And his wingspan is like just mad. <laughs> Uh, listen, oh, no. we need to talk as well, like you said, about the money. What do you think uh, that will do for your life? Uh, what are you going to go and do? What's what's next for Harry? Honestly, like, I still feel like I'm in shock. Like, you know, like I just, I forget about it and then I'll go on it or something like that because I need to, like, do you know, just to check. And then I'm just like <laughs> starstruck again and like dribbling because there's like X amount of money and I'm just like, what is going on? But like a big thing, like I've always said, was my family, like the prize pop will treat my family. And I know my dad's a massive help in like making me be smart with it and sort of set myself up for the future. Because obviously we know cost of living crisis. I mean, I'm so lucky and grateful to obviously have this head start in life. Um, But just treating them, man, I think like they've always given us as kids what we needed. And I just feel like it's time that my dad and mum sort of get what they want for for to enjoy life for like the best things, if you know what I mean. So just that treating them, taking them out of dinner, who knows, like a, a big holiday or from all my families who haven't done it in ages. Um, and then, yeah, just basically reinvest in it. Um, I know it sounds boring and stuff because if it was down to me, I'd go put it's it all not, on red. But... It's not boring <laughs> no, at all. I no, think it's really sensible yeah. to be honest. People need really to hear this, Harry. People need to hear this. I need to hear this. <laughs> yeah, mate, maybe that's it. maybe that's your future. You could be the next Martin Lewis and be like, this is how I spent my £95,000 <laughs> sensibly. For once, I'm actually listening to the sort of old heads around me, but it's probably the best thing to do because like I said, I was just like to one of my best mates. Should we just go to the casino and put it all on red? But <laughs> Well, look, Harry, <laughs> if you do want a signed copy of that meme, I will be charging. You've got the money. <laughs> <laughs> How much? I'll haggle you down. Like Fiver. Fiver. Five, five, Fiver will do me just fine, darling. <laughs> 250 at least. 250 at least. 275 and you've got a deal. <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry. 95k rich Harry. I need a boyfriend that has that kind of money. Look, he's 22. He's got 95K in the bank. Wow. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. But you know what? He lives in London. That's not going to last very long. Come on. He's spent it all. He wants to take his family out for dinner. That's 11 people in his family, he said. That's what, two dinners maybe? You're done. Mm. One evening in Pizza Express. You're done. (laughs) Ingwoking. Get the garlic balls, darling. Ingwoking. Yeah, well, there you are. But... The Traitors is done. It's over. Season two. What a great series. It was. Uh, Claudia was... Jo- I love Claudia Winkleman, and I feel like she's not aged in 40 years. There's been Honestly, loads of memes about young Claudia, and she literally... I wow. first knew of Claudia Winkleman watching Liquid News on BBC Three, and mm. honestly, she looks the same. That was about 20 years ago. That's love wild. Do you remember that interview with S Club? when um, they asked them about how much they get paid and stuff. That was Claudia Winkleman. Wow. Wild. She's lived through some iconic moments. She really has. <laughs> but yeah, she's been amazing. I'm very excited for Traitors USA. It's shot in the same place. So I'm excited to see John well, Burko, Ekin Sue. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid spoilers. This is obviously on in America at the moment, and it's not on iPlayer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to dodge all the spoilers. But Come on, iPlayer. What are you playing you, at? If you haven't watched Traitors Australia season one, 
go and watch that. But season two is also on iPlayer at the moment as well. So I'm definitely going to start that. I need to get into it. Um, we also need to do a little thanks as well to um, a couple of people. Um, Plank PR, who have just been absolutely amazing. You've probably seen them mentioned so many times by all of the traitors. Yeah. Um, but they are just machines and have helped us chat with all of and made this podcast happen, really. Honestly, like through doing radio, chasing like certain people from PI can be a nightmare because they just don't respond. But Plank, honestly, within seconds, minutes, they've yeah. responded <laughs> and organized things. And Connie, Susan, Abby, all fantastic. There we go. I feel like we've done like a parents' evening. <laughs> like, <laughs> great work. Um, but I do know Abby's like uh, leaving. She's moving on to Pastors New. And uh, yeah, especially Abby, we love you. Bless you, Bab. Bless you. Bless you all. <laughs> uh, right then, we're going to look forward to... We're going to have a little bit of a break for a week. And oh, then... No. No, 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 look. Five days. And then <laughs> give us six days and we'll be back on, on the... We'll be back on. Uh, no. Well, we need to uh, mention, we are looking for drag artists. Drag oh, yes. kings, queens, everyone in between to talk all about Drag Race UK versus the world. If you're a fan of the show, fan of any of the, the queens that are on the show this season, get in touch. We want you on the pod. There is a caveat. What do you mean? You will have to spend half an hour with us two. On a Saturday morning. <laughs> on a Saturday morning, darling. <laughs> it can be chaotic. It, <laughs> yeah, it, can. it is fun, but it can be chaotic. Mm, it is. It's like having a job. Right, I think we've wrapped up, Traitors. What a series. I'm going to give it a clap. Yeah, why not? Let's give it a clap. First time I've given everything a clap. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh. um, we're done there, aren't we? Yeah, I'll see you later on for your party. Big 3 <laughs> oh, we I swear to God, you're going to be 32 by the time this birthday of yours ends. But I love that. Give it I a just rest. love it, darling. Now, you know what? I, w- I used to be a birthday person. As I've grown older, I just don't give a shit anymore. I can tell. All ah. right. Th- <laughs> <laughs> right. See you next week. Bye. See you for Drag Race Babs. With Bally Singh and Brett Harris. Megalia Original Podcast. Oh, oh. I-, I loved Evie. Absolutely loved her. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. (laughs) I thought you were going to respond. (laughs) Right, let me let me do that again. (laughs) 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 Okay. Right, let me just put on my. (laughs) Okay. Now stop it. <laughs> you remind me of Penelope Gomez. <laughs> Som. Som. Oh. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now stop this. Oh, I'm in tears. Oh. I, you know what I missed? Claudia's big nits. I feel it was a warm oh, September. <laughs> Wow. I thought you said Claudia's big nips. <laughs> <laughs> no nips. I feel they recorded in August, September when it was a bit warmer. Mm. So we never got like big cardigans or anything from her. What a shame. Anyway, I think that's enough about Claudia's nips. Quiet. I can't hear you. <laughs>